Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect, chronicling the coming of Christ the King. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune this July the 1st, 2017. A couple of states I want to just kind of blow out a warning to. Heads up if you're in Oregon. Now, this was released in The Guardian this week. The American state of Oregon has allowed doctors to prescribe lethal drugs for terminally ill patients for almost 20 years. And Dr. William Troffler is in Australia to tell Australians... It has become a disaster. It's important that Australia does not make the same mistakes, he said in an interview. It's fundamentally incompatible with the role of a physician as a healer. It is just off the charts, ladies and gentlemen. Now, as this is going on over there in Oregon, uh, just take note that uh, the Wikiup Dam could be in serious crisis because a large sinkhole opened up at the edge of the reservoir, Oregon's second largest reservoir, ladies and gentlemen. only problem is is that when you go over to uh, the news sources, the uh, bulletin uh, published in Oregon, of course, it says that uh, the collapse was due to a lava tube that had collapsed. And just so everybody knows the dire situation we're talking about here, the Wikiup Reservoir uh, has a whole lot of water in it. It's 255 cubic meters of water in it. And, ladies and gentlemen, not only should you pra- not practice euthanasia, you should never build a dam. You shouldn't ever do that at all. Another warning going out to the state of Illinois. I'm not sure what is afoot in your state. I do know this. Uh, that yesterday uh, it was released that extreme flash flooding had hit northern Illinois after six inches of rain got dumped on it in just four hours. Now, ladies and gentlemen, having all kinds of problems in Illinois as their Powerball and Mega Millions is suspended because they can't do the payouts, ladies and gentlemen. They cannot do the payouts. This from the opinion headline Budget impasse puts Illinois' economy in a downward spiral from Market Watch yesterday. Illinois on brink of becoming the first state rated junk if budget does, if budget crisis not averted, ladies and gentlemen. Wrap your minds around what I'm about to tell you. There have been 1,737 people shot in Chicago as of today, and it is the 182nd day of the year. Ladies and gentlemen, that means 9.539 P. 
people get shot in Illinois every day. Every day. Every day. So, I would put out this to both the state of Oregon and Illinois. Fear the Lord your God and serve him only. lest you rouse his attention. Other matters on the home front, uh, this serious news reporting a crisis is going on. Uh, the Democrats have proposed a panel to remove president if uh, he's fit to unfit to lead, as released on CNN. And uh, you'll take note, the reason why they're saying this is because, uh, well, his tweets, his tweets, absolutely off the charts as this goes back between CNN and the POTUS in an act of outright entertainment and deception. Take note, ladies and gentlemen, that Brian and I uh, just did a broadcast as of late. It was part two of the Sealed Scroll. You might want to take a listen to it and describe everything that Brian and I described in that episode. It's called uh, the Sealed Scroll, Jeremiah chapter 32. This is the headline in the Telegraph this week, ladies and gentlemen. Israeli Prime Minister proposes building an artificial island off the coast of Gaza. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, and this is all to alleviate humanitarian suffering in the isolated enclave. Of course, now as they're having serious power problems, serious food problems, serious school, well, everything. It's a disaster. Well, now, ladies and gentlemen, um, you probably should be nervous because, well, the current POTUS, he is a land mogul. He's a real estate developer. That, that's what he does? Well, he also entertains. Um, you know, just like uh, President Reagan, he had his own, you know, TV show. But you'll take note that Brian and I warned about this, but ladies and gentlemen, it's one thing to divide up the land of Israel and sell it, but it's a whole other thing to add to the promised lands. Square footage. You didn't catch that? Here's what they're planning on doing. Building artificial islands off the Mediterranean coast as quickly as they get it developed. Of course, issue deeds for this property and sell it. But if you need to be reminded of just exactly what the dimensions of what God said is the promised land. You might want to take a read of at least some portions of the Old Covenant. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't see these things coming, you just might be caught, be caught by surprise. Now... It's time for you to get your trays in the upright position, fasten your seat buckles. We, your host, Clinton Co-Watch, Brian Ingram, and I, Matthew Miller, 
have properly oiled the saddles. The steeds have been brushed down. Their shoes are brand spanking new, made out of solid iron. All depending on which state you're in, you never know. You could get the Lord your God's attention this coming week. Because you never know when he's going to send them forth. You never know when he's going to fire that start gun. Why, you're going to pull those pistols and whistle Dixie. Let's ride.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of the End Time Tribune. It is a, a great blessing and honor for us to be here with you tonight. <clears throat> I want to thank all the listeners as we continue uh, to hold the poll position for the current event category. Uh, we've been the number one for weeks now, so I really do uh, need to take the time to uh, say that uh, Clinton, Brian, and I really do appreciate uh, your listenership. We hope that you're taking this information and internalizing it and thinking about such things and, more importantly, studying about such things in the Bible, God's Holy Word. So, once again, thank you all very much. I really do appreciate it, and it is very encouraging in these not-so-bright times that we're in. Well, Clinton, what have you been looking at this week, and how have you been doing? Is everything going, going smoothly for you? How's your week going? Uh, jump in here and uh, give a shout-out to everybody, and uh, let us know what you've been looking at this week. Yeah, I also would like to say thank you to everyone that listens to us and supports us as well. Um, I mean, it's, it's a great blessing to be here and, and to give you know, as much information as we can and, and try to shed light on, on this crazy time. Um, you know, I mean – from looking at uh, current events and, and, and the respect towards prophecy uh, my entire life, I, I've, I've seen so many developments happen, but over the last week, it seems like the information is coming out so quickly that it's, it's amazing to try to keep up with it. There'll be a story that I think that came out last week, and I'll look at the date, and it came out two days ago. Um, it's just that, that so much information is coming out. So many things are being revealed that it's it's kind of head-spinning, but it's awe-inspiring to, to see it as well. It is. It is awe-inspiring to see it. It's it's really, really just getting to be over the brink. Um, Brian, how you been doing this week? Let the listeners know what you've been uh, looking at, and how's your week going, bud? Well, I would have to say I'll have to add the third uh, thanks for all the folks that have been constantly tuning in here. Um, it's a great blessing that we have a continual listener base that keeps building here in the midst of every event that is breaking out at lightning speed here in the world. Now, what have I been working on this week? It's been a, uh, I'd say, a rather interesting mix of looking at all sorts of historical details from, I'd say, a multitude of different directions going back and forth throughout history. I think more or less something I've been noticing here is this, uh, you know, looking at these patterns of how is it that we got to the stage that we're at today, you know, looking at these patterns in time, seeing these elements, seeing how we've got these divides that can cause these fracture points on a worldwide scale, and just looking, looking at some of these events through multiple lenses and just you know, looking at the globe, trying to see how it is that things are happening, who's doing what, turning up the heat as far as all these sanctions, for instance, is causing more fractures and more divides. You know, it's as if uh, in the, the entire system is set to a stage right now where we have fracture points everywhere, and it's just a matter of time where we see these fractures break in every single direction, and if people 
you know, think how like a frozen over lake works. You know, when you start to see the ice break up, you'll just see a little crack come on at a time. But then that crack expands, and then it starts going in multiple directions, and then other cracks form, and it just all, at one point in time, everything just will drop in when there's enough pressure on those different fracture points. And it's been an interesting, interesting week, you know, looking at all this stuff in these varied ways. That's uh, my spiel for the beginning here. Ladies and gentlemen, uh... Clinton's going to get here in the saddle, but I strongly suggest that you pay very close attention to all the news that all three of us uh, cover this week. Let me say this one more time. I, I just looked at the numbers. We almost got 4,000 today. We've got 3,996 listens today, so I'm, I'm very, very thankful for that. It's, it's very encouraging. But we have important things to cover. This is an entertainment. Rather than being entertained, I hope you internalize the message that we're trying to present to you from the Lord our God as we try to decipher all this breaking news and current events as it pertains to the Bible, God's Holy Word. So Clinton, you're first up to bat. Give it to us. Both barrels, point-blank range, baby. Well, uh, I wanted to kind of second uh, what, what Brian said about uh, the, the fractures and how it starts in one spot and then just keeps splintering and then just uh, ultimately you have no foundation whatsoever. And, and that's kind of what is happening to everything. Um, the reason I say that is, as you can see, this transformation from the old order to the new order, um, and and it's hitting, for instance, like business, very very drastic. Um, I mean, we have, for instance, the the issue with, I mean, we we have this big thing that came out between Walmart and Amazon this week. Um, Walmart uh, is basically the old business style, you know, brick and mortar. You have a big store, you go into the store and you pick out everything, put in a shopping cart and you go through the checkout and someone checks you out and you go home. And you have Amazon that has a new style where you just pick out everything online, push a button and it's delivered to your house. Um, so for convenience wise, of course, everyone's kind of flocking to the online sales um, as crisis develops across the globe and things get more chaotic, people are going to be more inclined to stay at home versus going into the store. So that makes Amazon's business model more viable than Walmart's business model. Well, Walmart realizes this. I mean, just like every other brick and mortar store does as well. And so Walmart came out and, and said to the, the trucking companies that they work with that if they, if any of these trucking companies do any business, move in any products from Amazon, that they will no longer use those trucking companies. Well, I mean, our entire infrastructure is based off of trucking. And a lot of those truckers are independent contractors as well. They own their own trucks. They, they work you know, moving products as they, as they should, but they may work through a company uh, to do so. So if Walmart's not going to pay these companies to move their products, and if everything's moving to Amazon, well, it's kind of counterintuitive. I mean, you, you, you're thinking the, the old way, which Amazon, uh, that Walmart's always done, which is coming to 
uh, an area, uh, you're at the lowest price, uh, you price everyone out of the market, and then you have no competition. Well, they're, they're trying to do the same thing with the trucking industry. You know, hey, we're, we're big enough to where you need us. Uh, either do what we say you need to do or, or go away. Well, the problem is they're dealing with Amazon, who is just as large, if not larger. Um, and so the trucking industry is going to have this transformation. And, and it's a, a short-term transformation because they're already talking about making the, the trucks be driverless, you know, along with everything else being driverless, which will revolutionize the entire trucking industry. And, and the reason that I bring this, this up is not only to show the, the difference between, you know, the, the Walmart business model and the Amazon business model and the class that's happening there, but this is what's happening everywhere is we have this transformation from the, the old society to the new. Uh, I, I came across a study that talked about uh, the small generation that was born uh, between 1977 and 1983. And uh, this generation uh, basically went through their, their developmental years all the way through high school and sometimes college um, without the Internet. And then as soon as they went into the workforce, they had the Internet. So they, this small, tiny generation has basically both traits uh, from the old world to, and the new world. Um, and, and so that, that just illustrates what's happening to our entire world is, is we have people that are used to the old system and used to the new system. Um, and it's getting kind of difficult to determine who supports what, which people should be in power, which people should not be in power. And, and we see um, this call for these different litmus tests, you know, either, um, you know, there's a Muslim test. I've heard that, you know, Fox News talking about making someone eat a pork sandwich if they're going to come into the United States, which is ridiculous. Um, I, Bernie Sanders is, you know, calling out to Jeff Sessions saying, please don't make it so that government workers have to take a religious test to have a government job. Um, I mean, we, we have this the slippery slope that, that we're headed down. And, and I came across uh, just an interesting article to just show the direction our society is headed. And, and it's from The Independent. And uh, the title is, uh, Company Introduces Snowflake Test to Weed Out Whiny Entitled Millennial Candidates. It says a U.S. company has introduced a snowflake test to weed out overly sensitive liberal candidates who are too easily offended. The test includes questions such as, what does America mean to you? And when was the last time you cried and why? Many questions are designed to assess a candidate's stance on America, police, and guns. Someone who's not proud to be an American is immediately out of the running, as are people who don't support the Second Amendment right to bear arms. Uh, the snowflake is someone who is going to whine and complain and come to the table with nothing but an entitled attitude and the inability uh, to back their perspective. We use the test to weed out the sort of people who are inundated, uh, inundating us with resumes and didn't even know what we did. So this Mr. Reyes says that the tactic has been successful. 60% of the applicants to his marketing company dropped out when they heard about the test. In a YouTube video about his company, Mr. Reyes fires guns and speaks in an injured uh, war veteran. Uh, speaks to an injured war veteran uh, before turning to the camera to talk directly to whiny entitled millennials. Uh, he warns them 
you're young, you're ignorant, you're brainwashed by liberal professors who didn't tell you what is the real world and the only safe place is in your parents' basement. The company boss said this test has been popular because people are sick and tired of having to be so politically correct. Other firms are contacting him looking to implement similar guards against hiring snowflake candidates who must be, uh, but most are too scared, he added. Asked about potential discrimination lawsuits, and the CEO said, there's no discrimination here. This is nothing more than a glorified personality test. Well, once we start having corporations do specific tests like this, which is basically discrimination, it's, it's you know, weeding out a certain sect of population that you don't want to give a job to based on their beliefs, that is the definition of discrimination. And you can say it's a personality test in any way or a religious test, which is what uh, they're talking about in the Senate right now. Um, either way, when we have government involved making a certain population take tests, to show their loyalty, uh, show their backing of whoever it may be, then we run into a very difficult and, and scary kind of ground to be on. And, and this is the state of, of our society and, and where we are headed. Um, and it's, it's inevitable, unfortunately. Um, we're, we are stuck with the old system, which is a debt-based system. And it just came out that... Um, Basically, the debt for the entire world is 327% of the entire world's annual uh, output. So basically, for every dollar that the, uh, that the, the world produces, there's $3.27 of debt associated to that dollar. So there's no way to pay back any debt. It's it's the way the system is set up is is you would have to triple the money supply just to break even. Which if you triple the money supply, we're going to be in hyperinflation. So that there's no way that you can actually do that. And what they've done is they've placed a large portion of this these loans in emerging markets. So the third world com- you know countries, the ones that are struggling trying to uh, get out of of the economic crisis they've been in their entire you know uh, existence. Um, but we've made them grippled in, in debt. Um, I mean, you, you look at just Europe, and, and all of Europe is, is so far in debt. All the banks are so far in debt that they can't even see light. So that's the old system. The new system we've talked about numerous times. You know, they're talking about universal income. They're talking about automation. They're talking about innovation. They're talking about healthcare that you have to have a job to be able to have it or pay for it. I mean, we, we don't really know what this new society is is going to be, but we know it's going to be very, very different than the one that we had. Um, and, and it has to happen. I mean, uh, Matthew talked on it earlier about the state of Illinois. Um, they haven't been able to pass a state budget in three years. Uh, so they haven't, they, they're in dire straits. They're, they're in, the entire state's, you know, about ready to put in junk, in junk status. But they're not the only state. Uh, yesterday, uh, New Jersey uh, Connecticut, Washington, Maine, and Illinois, all are looking to shut down their governments because they can't pass uh, a budget or they can't come to an agreement. All of them. I mean, that, we, we have five different states that are looking to shut down. And they also came out with a report saying that uh, we have until 
the beginning of October until the federal government is going to shut down because we don't have enough money. Um, and that's and that's why we're trying to push everything through now. That's why they're trying to pass health care now. That's why they're going to push the tax reform through before them as well. Is because they have to have everything in place so when they run out of money that they can have some kind of resemblance of, of a system after the fact. And, and, you know, I hate to say that, you know, I hate to say it, but that's basically what, what the facts are showing us at this point. Um, I mean, you know, one of the points that I, I missed to touch on earlier is, is not only with the, um, the tests that they're talking about making people do, but that there was also a call yesterday for every state by July 14th to release all their voter registration information, which is the name, address, social security number, affiliation, and probably how they voted for everyone. Uh, right now, there, there's 22 states saying they're not going to do it. Um, and we know how that game is played is, is basically federal government will hold back funding until the states are like, okay, we need the money or the, we're going to go belly up. And so we'll do whatever you say. And then the federal government will be like, okay, here's the money. Thank you for going along with us. So that's basically what, what that is. But what's the, the reason for that? Um, the reason for that is to create a list. Um, I mean, there's no other reason for that. I mean, uh, I was listening to uh, Donald Trump's speech today. He was talking in Washington, D.C., and he, he hit on three major items. He talked about God a lot, uh, really rallying the, the Christian vote. Uh, talked about World War II and how war veterans are amazing and that uh, the United States will not fail. And, and the third is that it's, it, how, how do I phrase this? Because he lumped two things together that really don't necessarily go together. Um, he, he basically lumped in Islamic terrorism with sanctuary cities, um, say, you know, saying that the sanctuary cities were a major issue, but he basically said it in the same sense as, as the Islamic terrorists. So I'm hoping that that was more of a Freudian slip than actually Donald Trump actually trying to associate the two together, um, because we know from his campaign promises Donald Trump says that he is going to deport millions of people in the United States. And the first target is going to be these sanctuary cities. So hopefully that, that is not going to, not going to continue. Um, the, the other things next week, uh, you know, Russia and the United States and, and the rest of the G20 are meeting. Um, we, we know that it, when everything started happening with North Korea, that Putin and Trump talked on the phone and they said that they were not going to do anything with North Korea until July. Well, it's July. And this G20 meeting is the meeting when they are going to talk. Uh, we can see the stance from Donald Trump is he sold billions of dollars with the weapons to Saudi Arabia. Um, he's induced uh, Saudi Arabia to go after Qatar and Qatar has said that they're not going to abide by their demands, which means Saudi Arabia might go into Qatar. Um, we have, the United States just sold $1.4 billion worth of weapons to Taiwan to arm them because, well, we support Taiwan, but not officially because we believe in the one China you know, whole, whole agreement. But in the same token, we definitely don't like China. Um, 
And also Donald Trump and, and Israel are making strong ties with uh, India. I, I mean, the leader of India is making the first trip to, to Israel. I think he's in Israel right now. So the alliances are already made for whatever this venture is going to happen from the G20 meeting that they're going to be coming out with next week or this coming week. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to be crazy because it could go many different ways. And from the way that it's looking is, is Donald Trump is not going to go along with the global trade that, that has been set up. So we're not going to abide by that. We have already angered China because not only did we, you know, sell uh, Taiwan uh, lots of weaponry, but we also put sanctions on a Chinese bank because they were doing business with North Korea. So we, we, we hit China twice in the last, you know, day, you know, right before this meeting that we're having next week. So it's, it's, it's going to be very crazy to see how everything puts together uh, because we, we see that India moved 3,000 troops to the border of China. We also have China that moved 3,000 troops to the border of India. We, we know that there's uh, a qualm between China and India in association to the Dalai Lama and the Pate Lama, and how the, the Pate Lama has basically been under house arrest by the Chinese since you know, he was a child, and, and he's supposed to be 27 years old. So there's already a lot of issues between India and China. We see this rhetoric building up, and we know the strategic importance of Pakistan. With Pakistan lying directly in between Afghanistan and Iran, and with India hating Pakistan over Kashmir, there's a strong possibility that something may happen between India and Pakistan. Because very strategic-wise, if you take in and put Pakistan under, uh, you know, allied control, that's lack of a better term, then you basically split Iran and Afghanistan together, uh, which is a very strategic stronghold. So it'd be very important to do so. But who knows how it's going to work out, but we see the stages being set. And then on, on top of that, we have, uh, I can't make this stuff up, we have um, in Venezuela uh, almost a civil war or coup or, or something developing, but we have um, a very well-known um, military officer that hijacked a helicopter and flew around the capital in Venezuela, shooting at the capital and dropping grenades down. And he flew this helicopter for two hours. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't you can't make this stuff up anymore. I mean, it, the, the the world is just kind of spiraling into just craziness. I mean, we we don't even understand the direction that anything is, is headed unless you look at it from a biblical perspective. From a biblical perspective, you can see the beast rising. You can see uh, how everything is intertwined to where um, we have one economic system, one political system, one religious system that are all starting to rise. And, and we know the end game. And from understanding the end game and seeing the developments here, we can see what, what is transpiring. And I mean, the, the last thing that, that I say is um, the, probably one of the most disturbing things that I saw this last week was the fact that we are sending the, the <laughs> Donald Trump did the creation of the Chicago Crime Gun Strike Force. Basically, Donald Trump is sending the federal help into Chicago to stop the violence in Chicago. 
Um, that's a soft way of basically the beginnings of, of a possible martial law. Uh, we, we know that Chicago is in a war zone. Um, the, the amount of shootings per day, Matthew said, was nine per day, over nine per day. Um, and there's no economic prospect to be able to get out. And the state of Illinois is bankrupt. So we know that it's going to get worse. And now we're sending in, quote, unquote, federal help to curb the violence in Chicago. This could be the beginning of, of something that I hope it, it is not. So I'll, I'll hand it over back to you guys and kind of get your take on some things. You hope, huh, Clinton? You, you hope. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that, but let's let's consider this, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, I was just talking to you not very long ago about euthanasia. I told you, I warned you what states you needed to get out of if you were nearing retirement age. Well, Netherlands considers euthanasia for healthy people. Politicians in the Netherlands are discussing the possibility of legalizing euthanasia for healthy people. The proposed completed life bill would allow any person age 75 or over who decides their life is complete to receive euthanasia. Now you take how they said that grammatically. Can receive euthanasia. It did not say they could commit euthanasia. It said they could receive it. Last sentence. It doesn't matter if they are otherwise perfectly healthy. Now look, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to read to you an article that is off the charts. This week from Life News. This is the headline. I have no idea who they were talking about. He was considered the patron saint of euthanasia. Now he's having second thoughts. Here's the contents of the article. There are red flags, and then there are really big red flags. Dr. Chabot is considered the patron saint of euthanasia in the Netherlands, which he still supports. But now he's sounding the alarm that the killing... Ooh, that hurt. Well, at least he bore truth now. That's too late, but he bore it now. Let me read that sentence again. But now he's sounding the alarm that the killing has gone too far. This should be a glaring wake-up call for Americans who are complacent about physician-assisted suicide or euthanasia or actually support it. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he came out in an interview and told Life News. The Americans better wake up. This is from Dr. Chabot, the the patron saint that heralded this. Let me continue reading. In 1991, Chabot, a geriatric psychiatrist, thumbed his nose at Dutch law and admittedly euthanized a physically healthy 52-year-old social worker. I guess he won't be getting his pension. The high court found him guilty without punishment until recently. He had celebrated the sea change ushered in by his deadly decision. Now, he is singing a different tune after research revealed 
how many individuals with dementia are being euthanized. The numbers are skyrocketing among this segment of society that has been the central focus of his professional career. Shabbat also alarmed with who's euthanizing them in the process being circumvented to carry it out. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't want to go to a nursing home. It's coming, okay, just so you know. Now, you'll take note that the patron saint of euthanasia, he wasn't looking at research from his own country. He was looking at it from America, and he realized what they're – of course, he's got all the information about what's going on in the nursing homes. Now, look, you need to go back. I'm not quite sure which which states are tied up in this off the top of my head. It really don't matter to me, but if you're approaching retirement age… You need to listen. You need to figure out where that is, and you better flee those states. I'm just letting you know. Just letting you know. Back to the episode that the Brian and I did, uh, the Sealed Scroll and Jeremiah chapter 32. Brian come out and, and warned you that they're doing all kinds of things that really the Jews are trying to provoke at, you know, world war, especially Jordan because they're in charge of the security there. Well, this come out June 29th. Great big headlines on jpost.com. Watch secret illegal Jewish wedding on Temple Mount Israel News. And you can watch the video as they go up there and do it. I'll read some here. Did they dare break a glass as well? Now, ladies and gentlemen, how many news articles in the mainstream news starts out with a question? And if you can't see that these... Kabbalists are overtly referring you to, ah yes, the night of the broken glass. I'll keep reading. Jewish couple weds on Temple Mount, June 2017. A Jewish couple secretly tied the knot. Ah yes, I know what that means biblically too. I, I know what these Kabbalists are doing. I topped the Temple Mount on Thursday in a story of defiance sweeping Israeli social media. Tom Nassini, chair of the group of students for the Temple Mount, an activities director for Israeli right-wing NGO M. Zeru. Wednesday, fellow Temple Mount enthusiast Sarah Lu on Thursday in a hidden, rushed ceremony. But I tried to warn you that if you need to look a little bit deeper and you might want to start going to these news sites that are actually Israeli. And if you see a picture that kind of looks funny, you might want to copy that and go over to, I don't know, Bing Translator or Google Translate and translate that news and start maybe trying to see. Now, everybody knows uh, a couple of weeks ago I warned, I warned everybody um, all the – the people that is described uh, there in Psalms chapter 73, uh, that if you lived around Lake Tahoe, you might want to get nervous because, well, you're having an awful lot of earthquakes. Remember the great big number that I told you? Well, now the mainstream news – now this is weather.com. It comes out, and here's the headlines. Sierra snowmelt is triggering earthquakes in Lake Tahoe area, scientists say. Ladies and gentlemen, 
you can go ahead and make yourself feel good when I took geology. You're an idiot if you think that melting cause earthquake swarms. <laughs> you really are. You really are. But if it makes you feel better, okay, after, you know, well, just this past week here, it says that uh, more than three dozen earthquakes have rattled the Lake Tahoe, uh, Lake Tahoe area this week, and researchers say that they were triggered by snow melting off the surrounding mountain ranges. Oh, my gosh. All right, that, that's enough of that idiocy. All of you there that lives around Lake Tahoe, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the simple fact that the Lord your God dedicated a whole chapter to you there in Psalm 73. Uh, but let's, let's talk about something that affects us all, not just the, um, not just uh, those that are fortunate and uh, more fortunate than everybody else. This is from spaceweather.com, released the 26th. New atmospheric radiation results for the past two-plus years, spaceweather.com and students of the Earth-to-Sky calculus have been monitoring cosmic rays in the atmosphere above California using high-altitude space weather balloons. Now, this should really rattle your cage. Because when I'm done reading this, you're going to be screaming as to why Noah hasn't told you this. Because this is really, I mean, the Navy, uh, well, the Weather Service, they should have been telling you this. This is pretty interesting. Well, it's not interesting. It'll rattle your cage. Well, unless you don't fear the Lord your God, then it really don't matter. But anyway, after more than 100 flights... They find that dose rates have increased over the Golden State by 13% just since March of 2015. Now we know the same thing is happening over New England, only more so. The Earth to Sky team has flown balloons over Maine and New Hampshire four times since 2015, most recently on June the 15th, 2017. Although the data are relatively sparse compared to the better sampled West Coast, their results are clear. Radiation in the stratosphere over the northeastern corner of the U.S. is not only stronger than California, but also intensifying much faster. At a 19% increase in New England versus 13% in California. What's happening? Generally speaking, cosmic rays are increasing throughout the entire solar system. This is because of the sunspot cycle. The sun is currently plunging toward a deep solar minimum. As it descends, the sun's weakening magnetic field and flagging solar wind provides less and less shielding against high-energy particles from deep space. Every planet in the solar system is getting an extra dose. The difference between California and New England is telling us something local about Earth. After the sun's magnetosphere deflects many cosmic rays, Earth's magnetic field and atmosphere provide another line of defense. Our data shows that central California 
is better defended by geomagnetism than New England. Let me just stop and say this. What do they mean by that? Uh, well, you take note that Maine is much, much closer to the pole than California. It has nothing to do with California being the golden state, I assure you of that. Cosmic rays penetrate commercial airlines going on, dosing passengers and flight crews enough that pilots are classified as occupational radiation workers. Doesn't that make you feel all warm and fuzzy whenever you fly, knowing that the air pilots are occupational radiation workers? Well, that means you're in... Also should be considered... They should be paying you to fly on those planes, because, well, I mean... You're a radiation flyer, I guess. Anyway, please forgive my sarcasm. Continuing on with the article, some research shows the cosmic rays can seed clouds and trigger lightning, potentially altering weather and climate. Furthermore, there are studies linking cosmic rays with cardiac arrhythmias and general population. Ladies and gentlemen, what were they trying to say? I'll, I'll explain it to you a little bit. They were trying to say that the increase is coming from the cosmic rays. The sun is our first line of defense, and they're normally absorbed into that. If not, if they're bled off, they come straight to us. Just so you know, it was the Entibe Tribune back in 2011 that broke the news that the origin of the interstellar wind had moved north across the ecliptic into the sign of the restrainer Ophiuchus. I mean, we still have the pictures that we made back then where I plotted the exact galactic coordinates and marked it on a map in Ophiuchus for you. Well, moving on. Yellowstone supervolcano earthquake swarm reaches 878 events in just two weeks, ladies and gentlemen. Straight from Newsweek, over 800 earthquakes have hit Yellowstone supervolcano over the last two weeks, with the ongoing swarm taking place on the western edge of the national park. Now, let me pause, okay? I've got to point out, well, they just need to call the people in Lake Tahoe, and, you know, they'll find out that it's... They're just having these earthquakes from melting snow. I need to continue before I fire myself. Moving on. <laughs> Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. But there is virtually no risk of the volcano erupting. The United States Geological Survey currently lists the volcano alert level as normal. And the aviation color, which lists the potential risk to flights, as green. At green. So whether you are an occupational radiation worker flying United Airlines, don't even bat an eye about flying over a supervolcano. That's at 
400 earthquakes a week over the past two weeks. It's, it's perfectly fine. The current earthquake swarm began on June 12th. A week later, the USGS put out a statement to say that 464 earthquakes had been recorded, with the largest being a magnitude 4.4. This is the highest number of earthquakes at Yellowstone within a single week in the past five years. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you should have known this was coming. This is from local news channel 5. This is their headline. Swarms of earthquakes in Yellowstone are nothing to worry about. Nothing. Lay down, roll over, and go back to sleep. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me read a little bit about what Channel 5 had to say. Experts say if Yellowstone was about to erupt, there would be more troubling signs. Magma rising to the surface might cause more frequent and stronger earthquakes than those from this swarm. And the ground might deform, or there might be more steam venting. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, you know they keep all of the tremor logs, right? Because that's how they know that the Earth is round. Okay? Because when there's an earthquake, it goes all the way through the crust, all the way through the magma, right through the center of the Earth, goes all the way to the other side of the, of the planet, bounces off and comes back. We get our own echoes from every single one, and they're all logged. Now, they just told you that their records, at least going back five years, have not noted anything any remotely close to it being like this. Yet they say if this was the case, it would be causing more and stronger earthquakes. Really? They just... Ladies and gentlemen, this is how they finished the article. But there's no way to forecast how or when an eruption might happen for sure. Keep in mind, the next time... You're watching Old Faithful. No, don't go watch Old Faithful because you might be blown to kingdom come. And by all means, if you're going to go watch Old Faithful anyway, don't fly on an airplane. Because we're in a deep solar minimum. They've said that the cosmic radiation makes the people flying your plane not exactly airline pilots. What they really are are occupational radiation workers. So don't fly to Old Faithful if you're going to go see it anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry that I lost my cool there for a little bit and just... Ladies and gentlemen, you need to set up... You know... You need to take an inventory of your heart, I guess, is the best way for me to put it. But – 
Let me say this, ladies and gentlemen. This week I was having a private conversation uh, with uh, with Clinton. I was listening to uh, his podcast over there at uh, ClintonCoWatch.com. And he really rattled my cage. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't get mad when somebody rattles my cage. I want to thank each and every one of you that stops me in my tracks when I'm just wandering around and you say, hey, Matthew, you know, there's there's children starving to death, to death in Somalia. Have you prayed for them this week, you know? So I take it to heart. I, I, I don't get mad when somebody brings something to my attention, but ladies and gentlemen, this is a quote from Clinton. I'm going to read it because I, I paused it three times to make sure I got every word that Clinton said exactly correct. But I'm not going to tell you what this is in reference to. You're going to have to listen to it and get that yourself. But this is a direct quote. If your heart does not go out to that, then you need to evaluate where you stand as a human. Quoted June the 27th, 2017, Clinton Co-watch. This out in the news this week, Ynet News. Soldiers must learn how to deal with Jewish rioters. Ladies and gentlemen, why do you think 15-year-old Jewish people would be rioting? Go over there, you take a look at the numbers. This is a quote from the article. Soldiers shouldn't have to know how to deal with 15-year-old Jewish rioters or, more accurate, 15 to 18 to 20-year-old Jewish psychos. Ladies and gentlemen, we keep hearing this. We keep hearing this. Man, I, I, you know, I know I've said it before. I really do want you to call somebody at your local high school. I want you to find out how many people graduated, you know, just boys or girls. Just do one or the other. Find out how many people graduated. Then I want you to hang up from them, call the Chamber of Commerce, and ask them how many jobs were created last year. Ladies and gentlemen, I respect for Alexander the Great because he knew exactly what to do with the 18 to 34-year-olds. Right now, it doesn't matter where you're at. If you're a young person, you really don't have too much hope out in front of you. You know, maybe that's what we all need to be doing is Three times a day, pray for these young people. I don't know. I could be wrong. Just so you all know, we talked about Iran a couple of weeks ago, but 
Iran City soars to a record 129 degrees Fahrenheit. I have seem to have lost my steam, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for us to take a break. I'm sorry. Um, it was inappropriate for me to be so sarcastic about some of that stuff. We're going to finish up our reading of the Parallel Apocalypse. This is the final portion, Isaiah chapter 33 through 35. You are listening to the End Time Tribune. We'll be back in 8 minutes, 26 seconds. Chapter 33 Woe to thee that spoilest, and thou wast not spoiled. And dealest treacherously, and they dealt not treacherously with thee. When thou shalt cease to spoil, thou shalt be spoiled. And when thou shalt make an end to deal treacherously, they shall deal treacherously with thee. O Lord, be gracious unto us. We have waited for thee. Be thou thereon every morning, our salvation also in the time of trouble. At the noise of the tumult, the people fled. At the lifting up of thyself, the nations were scattered. And your spoil shall be gathered like the gathering of the caterpillar. As the running to and fro of locusts shall he run upon them. The Lord is exalted, for he dwelleth on high. He hath filled Zion with judgment and righteousness. And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times, and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Behold, their valiant ones shall cry without. The ambassadors of peace shall weep bitterly. The highways lie waste. The wayfaring man ceaseth. He hath broken the covenant, he hath despised the cities, he regardeth no man. The earth mourneth and languisheth. Lebanon is ashamed and hewn down. Sharon is like a wilderness. And Bashan and Carmel shake off their fruit. Now will I rise, saith the Lord. Now will I be exalted, now will I lift up myself. Ye shall conceive charm, ye shall bring forth stubble, your breath as fire shall devour you, and the people shall be as the burnings of lime. As thorns cut up shall they be burned in the fire. Hear ye that are far off what I have done, and ye that are near acknowledge my might. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness hath surprised the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? He that walketh righteously and speaketh uprightly, he that despiseth the gain of oppressions, that shaketh his hands from holding of bribes, that stoppeth his ears from hearing of blood, and shutteth his eyes from seeing evil, he shall dwell on high. His place of defense shall be the munitions of rocks. Bread shall be given him. His waters shall be sure. Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty. They shall behold the land that is very far off. Thine heart shall meditate terror. Where is the scribe? Where is the receiver? Where is he that counted the towers? Thou shalt not see a fierce people, a people of a deeper speech than thou canst perceive, of a stammering tongue that thou canst not understand. Look upon Zion, the city of our solemnities. Thine eyes shall see Jerusalem, a quiet habitation, a tabernacle that shall not be taken down. Not one of the stakes thereof shall ever be removed, neither shall any of the cords thereof be broken. But there the glorious Lord will be unto us 
a place of broad rivers and streams, wherein shall go no galley with oars, neither shall gallant ship pass thereby. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. Thy tacklings are loosed. They could not well strengthen their mast. They could not spread the sail. Then is the prey of a great spoil divided. The lame take the prey. And the inhabitants shall not say, I am sick. The people that dwell therein shall be forgiven their iniquity. Chapter 34. Come near, ye nations, to hear. And hearken, ye people. Let the earth hear, and all that is therein, the world and all things that come forth of it. For the indignation of the Lord is upon all nations, and his fury upon all their armies. He hath utterly destroyed them, he hath delivered them to the slaughter. Their slain also shall be cast out, and their stink shall come up out of their carcasses, and the mountains shall be melted with their blood. And all the host of heaven shall be dissolved, and the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll, and all their hosts shall fall down as the leaf falleth off from the vine, and as a falling fig from the fig tree. For my sword shall be bathed in heaven. Behold, it shall come down upon Idumea and upon the people of my curse to judgment. The sword of the Lord is filled with blood. It is made fat with fatness and with the blood of lambs and goats, with the fat of the kidneys of rams. For the Lord hath a sacrifice in Bosra and a great slaughter in the land of Idumea. And the unicorn shall come down with them and the bullocks with the bulls and their land shall be soaked with blood, and their dust made fat with fatness. For it is the day of the Lord's vengeance, and the year of recompenses for the controversy of Zion. And the streams thereof shall be turned into pitch, and the dust thereof into brimstone, and the land thereof shall become burning pitch. It shall not be quenched night nor day. The smoke thereof shall go up forever. From generation to generation it shall lie waste. None shall pass through it forever and ever. But the cormorant, and the bittern shall possess it. The owl also and the raven shall dwell in it, and he shall stretch out upon it the line of confusion and the stones of emptiness. They shall call the nobles thereof to the kingdom, but none shall be there, and all her princes shall be nothing. And thorns shall come up in her palaces, nettles and brambles in the fortresses thereof, and it shall be an habitation of dragons and a court for owls. The wild beasts of the desert shall also meet with the wild beasts of the island, and the satyr shall cry to his fellow. The screech owl also shall rest there, and find for herself a place of rest. There shall the great owl make her nest, and lay and hatch, and gather under her shadow. There shall the vultures also be gathered, every one with her mate. Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. No one of these shall fail, none shall want her mate. For my mouth it hath commanded, and his spirit it hath gathered. And he hath cast the lot for them, and his hand hath divided it unto them by line. They shall possess it for them. From generation to generation shall they dwell therein. Chapter 35 The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly, and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. 
Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert, and the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons, where each lay, shall be grass with reeds and rushes. And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those. The wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. The ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the End Time Tribune. I hope you enjoyed that reading of the Parallel Apocalypse. And I want to point something out. I, I heard it, and I remembered uh, Clinton sending out instruction for all of us to try to encourage one another, so I will. There in verse 3 of chapter Isaiah 35. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a filth heart, be strong. Fear not, behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with the recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Now, isn't that an interesting thing that the parallel apocalypse is referencing you directly to the book of Asaph? I guess, of course, it could be a coincidence. However, what's being talked about here is what's going to happen to you. Ladies and gentlemen, when you... If you be a part of Operation Eagle's Wings, when you are carried into a place that has been prepared for you by God himself, on this very day that he comes with a vengeance and with a recompense, he is coming. Now, a lot of you may be looking for a event that will cover you like the clouds. I'm here to tell you, the next terrestrial incursion you're going to get is talked about all over the Old Testament. Whether your Bible teachers teach you this or not, God is going to get so mad. His vengeance is going to come up in his face. His heart will be filled with recompense. And he will stand up off of his throne. He will. That's what he said with his own mouth. 
With that in mind, we're going to talk uh, now via – but I've got something right here that's just pushing me. I want to ask him about it first. Brian keeps warning us about Ukraine. This come out here in the news. Hours before he died, a Putin critic said he was a target. Now, this lawmaker, Mr. Vornekov, I may have butchered that, but I'm not Ukrainian, and I don't speak Russian. He says that he was poisoned by Russian officials because he had fled to Ukraine last year. Now, now this is pretty serious. This is New York Times. It says that the killing coincided with a fire and explosion at a gigantic Ukrainian army ammunition depot in the country's east, and that authorities blamed Russia, suggesting an escalation of Russian special operations inside Ukraine. They say there's a rash of assassinations going on. Brian, uh, it's my opinion, and I I would like to get – I mean, just shoot me down or not, but I'm sure this lawmaker was in fact poisoned, but I'm pretty sure it was from English-speaking three-letter organizations and not Russia because – well, this just stinks to high heaven. Brian, um, please give me your opinion on this article and, and the New York Times coming out and saying that there's a rash of assassinations going on in Ukraine by the Russians. What's your what's your thoughts on that? True or false or maybe? And your thoughts on whether I could be correct or not. This is an altogether, I would say, very complex scenario as far as you being in the probable department of being correct. I would have to almost uh, expect that, you know, all considering, let's, let's, let's touch on this first. I was about to do a secondary uh, post this week, but obviously I put a considerable amount of time into, uh, the forces from Himalaya rise and the upcoming Iranian coup that is coming into place. But another one that I kind of was thinking about doing in that same day, I wanted to call the Russian delusion as opposed to what's been running around in media circles as far as the Russian collusion. Um, It's just broke here now in the last week that a mass majority of the uh, CNN Reports that were coming out were completely fraudulent and in left field. And this is one thing I had noticed the entire time is that they were using the infamous um, private source. And that's very troubling, folks, when it, especially when you're dealing with a Western news. And let's kind of explain Western news quickly. It's Western news has obviously the freedom of the press to keep the uh, authority and leadership in line has been absolutely and completely and thoroughly nuked. 
Um, between the combination of the fact that we've had intelligence agencies using this to bring forward, you know, be it if you want to call it propaganda for spinning public opinion in their direction. And at the same time, we have this factor of divide, of division. You know, because we have two public opinions that you know, all they do is just clash back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But they don't really, in essence, give you enough data or information so that there can be an honest civil discourse amongst the people that pay attention to these things in the United States. But to make matters worse, we've also had an absolute and complete um, media monopoly that's been bought out by corporate interests. So as far as what we see in our Western news sources, it's this constant barrage of division, for one, blatant blatant blindness, I don't know how else to put it, to keep the American people spinning in circles as they sit and wait for the next news cycle. And the only way you're going to get out from under the uh, yeah, this uh, vice that they put around, this vice grip, is by basically tunneling out and getting your news directly from the source in other places within the world. And you can do this nowadays through varied feed news programs, and so on, because when you start getting the news from the real sources, you start seeing, well, you start seeing reality for what it is. Now, what do we have happening here in the Ukraine? And with the, um, you know, as I call it, the Russian delusion, because as I tried to point out and get everybody's attention to this fact, if you haven't seen the uh, Get Me Roger Stone, I believe that's what it is off the top of my head, Stone documentary that you can find on Netflix. For those of you in the Western nations or wherever you may be, if you have access to this, I highly advise watching it because in there, if you pay very careful attention to how things are stated, it becomes full well apparent that Stone and others created this intentional diversion to keep everybody spinning in circles. And they put up a wall, which has therefore allowed this current administration to absolutely go behind the scenes and just bring about absolute catastrophe all the way across the United States. Um, the health care bill came up earlier. I think it's important to point something out, folks. As they play these games back and forth through the houses, Congress, etc., you need to understand something real fast. They collapsed the banks, they collapsed the foundation, essentially, of what was propping up the health care bill already by going behind the scenes. So all of this uh, discourse and this chatter going back and forth about the health care bill is literally now, it's an illusion. Because when there's no money propping it up, it's already gone. And this is just one of many things that they keep pulling behind the scenes. So now that we have all of these uh, varied alliances that are being assassinated, poisoned in a multitude of directions, once you understand the workings of these intelligence agencies in the Western world, for instance, Britain and the United States between MI5, MI6, 
the uh well operation of can't remember offhand what it was, project coordination or something along those lines. I'll remember it later, which uh, has literally confused everybody. I think Operation Paperclip for their movement of the Nazi uh, war criminals into the United States was almost a blanket to get everybody looking in the wrong direction. Because the complexities of our own intelligence agencies are literally insane we've had fractures fragmenting of multiple security agencies intelligence agencies state department justice department we have the separation the split between the fbi cia doesn't know what they're doing nobody knows what the other hand is doing they have this absolute division and strife caused and essentially blinding of these very groups within these intelligence communities that's been put in place intentionally when Dulles came along at the end of World War II and began maneuvering all these things into place. We had a totally separate group that was working the intelligence besides the CIA and in the process Because, folks, if we like it or not, we've got a lot of good people that are trying to do their jobs in all these varied agencies. Once you start understanding these complexities, you realize they've scapegoated. The CIA has taken the brunt for things that were done by an intelligence agency that most people didn't even realize existed. And that's what we see happening now as we look at this condition with Russia and the Ukraine. Now, I've spoken at length about the grand chessboard strategy of Brzezinski. The entire concept that was used in 1979 through the spread of, you know, a little birdie whispering in somebody's ear and that birdie whispering one way and another and another was an intentional tactic to goad Russia across that line. And then as these varied intelligence communities use the Mujahideen as a weapon to fight back against the Russians after they had already pulled them across this line, goading them, putting them right into the perfect trap. This same exact thing was used when this uh, Nazi regime, because look, folks, these people date back to Nazi Germany with the splits that happened in, in the Ukraine You saw the same split in Belarus and multiple other places where these Nazi regimes were completely eradicating and wiping out the Jewish people in those areas. They used the exact same people, the exact same regimes to do exactly what was done here in the Ukrainian takeover, which once again, when you look at the actual facts, the people that have aligned themselves with Russia, did so willingly. It was not that Russia came in and annexed the land. But they built this this delusion, this make-believe narrative here in the United States that keeps everybody spinning in the direction of not looking at the facts on the ground that this was, once again, Russia doing everything wrong and the Ukraine being a whole different 
reality than what people realize. And it was Western-backed regimes that brought those Nazis back into the Ukraine and started doing the very exact same parallels that we saw during World War II, and that should catch everybody's attention because it's important. So now that we have all of these varied um, intelligence agents being taken out in one direction or the other, is it KGB? Well, there probably is KGB elements within it. I wouldn't be surprised. But then again, that was more or less the um, one thing I wanted to impress upon people with the Iranian coup that's on the horizon here is understanding these patterns of how these things have been done in the past. The Western nations, France, Germany, Britain, United States, there was all funding coming from all of these sources through the uh, robber barons is the most appropriate term I've heard used multiple times now to bring about the Bolshevik revolution in Russia with Lenin being funded by all these different nations. Okay, these revolts go back. It just keeps happening over and over and over again. The more you look at history, as we hit that 1800 marker, all this nationalism started flaring up in every which direction, no matter where you looked. And once again, this caused the same thing I spoke of earlier, all these little tiny fractures, these divides. When these types of scenarios happen, they're able to use that, they're able to manipulate that, they're able to cause more fracturing and more divides. And then that's where they go and find the uh, backdoor Trojan horse and slide them into place to further increase the split and this divide. So what are we seeing here in Ukraine? Well, I think it's rather simple. We've had nonstop media barrages that Trump is, you know, they're, they're buddy-buddy over there with Putin when the reality of what we've been seeing nonstop in the news absolutely contradicts that by every stretch of the imagination. We've had multiple moves against Russia over the course of the last few weeks. We had major sanctions put into place which severed the oil and gas line trade and other trade deals that have been going on between, say, Germany and varied groups throughout Western Europe, Eastern Europe, and all of that. So now this is causing more distress in the Western European nations, causing more distress in the Balkans, which is a nonstop fight between the European Union, NATO, and groups that are aligned with Russia. The same fractures are happening all over again. But these sanctions hit in such a hard way between all of these factors across the board. Then in these last few weeks here, we've had more moves with the Ukraine. By October, the Ukraine is going to have weapons put in its and by the Trump administration due to the fact that, well, they met with Trump this week. They're putting weapons in their hands. They have sanctions in place because of them supposedly through the um, Brzezinski tactic of goading them to protect the people there, Trump decided to arm the Ukrainians. Folks, does this not add up in the narrative that everybody's been getting? I don't think it lines up at all. 
Not in the slightest, because let us not forget, they have amassed forces in Romania. American, we've got American armor divisions and soldiers on the ground there with no cutoff date. We've got NATO amassing forces all over the place by Russia, North Korea. Things going on there, they once again scapegoated Russia for backing what's happening in North Korea. We had China, one of their major banks, got hit with sanctions for backing North Korea. This keeps building. We had the standoff with the Syrian fighter that was shot down by American forces, albeit, you know, the whole infamous, which side are we fighting against? Are we literally trying to take a side down? Because that's what all the uh, facts look at, um, the conclusions you come to. But if that's the case, that means we are actually, via proxy, we're supporting ISIS. So maybe we should ask the question as to why did they really take that Syrian jet down? Because we know Assad's forces are most certainly fighting against ISIS. With that in mind, then we had Russia turn around. I wasn't good with what happened. We've got the same narrative taking place with Iran. Backing with Qatar, which has been now the perfect snare that's been set in place. Because now we have different groups rushing to support them, we have Turkey, who's aligned with NATO, even though that's getting more rather hokey by the minute. We have Russia. We have Iran. But there's complications in that one, too. And what bothers me the most was the demands that were made by the House of Saud. They gave intentionally demands that there was no way possible to meet. And folks, if you know your history of World War I, Austria-Hungary did the exact same thing to the Serbian people. They knew there was no way they would take those demands because they were impossible, not to even mention just blatantly stupid. That whole factor... They use that to launch war on them. But here's the problem, folks. (sighs) Look, your root in understanding these uh, variables here that is happening with the House of Saud, with the, uh, they were known as the Aquan at that point in time. I mean, we had here, starting in 1744, we had Wahhabism that was coming into place. This is uh, Muhammad ibn Abd al-Wahhab, founder of Wahhabism, an austere form of Islam, arrived in the Central Arabian state of Najid in 1744, preaching a return to pure Islam. 
seeks protection from the local emir, Muhammad ibn Saad, head of the Al-Saad tribal family. And they cut a deal. The Al-Saad will endorse al-Wahib's austere form of Islam, and in return, al-Saad will get political legitimacy and receive regular ties from al-Wahib's followers. The religious-political stance alliance that al-Wahib and Saad forges in tours to this day in Saudi Arabia. What happened here with the House of Saad? What happened here with the Arabian people? Okay, we can already see that by 1818, then in the 19th century, the al-Saad had spread its influence across the Arabian Peninsula, stretching from the Red Sea to the Persian Gulf, and including the two holy cities of Mecca and Medina. But in 1818, forces of the Ottoman Empire sack the capital of Riyadh and execute many of their religious and political leaders. Over the next 80 years, the al-Sad attempt to reestablish their rule over the rule on the uh, Arabian Peninsula without success. Then as we move further ahead, and now we come into 1902, 1902, a direct descendant of Muhammad Ibn Saad, 20 years old, Abid al-Aziz Ibn Saad, rides out of the desert with 60 of his brothers and cousins to restore the rule of al-Saad. He captures Riyadh, the ancient capital of the Saudi kingdom. But to conquer all of the Arabian Peninsula, he seeks the help of nomadic Bedouins, Zikwan, or Muslim brothers. All right, folks, we know them as the Muslim Brotherhood. Renowned warriors, the Quran, are also fervent Wahhabi Islamic Puritans who want to spread their form of Islam throughout the Middle East. 1924 to 25, Abad al Aziz captures Mecca and Medina crushes the Quran. This is where things get ugly. Now, everybody, you need to remember, well, maybe not remember. Here's a little history lesson. We had the first form of Zionism being signed into effect in about 1897. Okay, and within a two-year window, in 1899, we have a formal declaration. By the time 1917 rolled around, we had Balfour, who was... Well, I guess essentially he would be more or less a British baron. And Rothschild brought about the Balfour Declaration. Yeah, we move here to 1924 and 1925. Now, everybody, you need to stop and consider the Sykes-Picot Agreement. This was the downfall completely destroying the Ottoman Empire, which was done by France and Britain, and it was absolutely hidden, the betrayal that they pulled here. And then they went and divided up all the Arabian lands. According to their own, well, desires of how they want to have their capitalism taking each and every place. Which, of course, already we had had nationalism flaring up all throughout the world. And this included the Arabians. 
everybody was pretty much subject to these moves. This fracture point that happened here in 1924 and 25, we had a double agent that was working for the British, yet he was more uh, upset about what they did to the Arabian people with the Sykes-Picot Agreement. And he started working with the House of Saud. Brought them to the forefront, put them in power. At the same time, he was also with the British, with Germany. And then on top of it, America was brought into the equation with the Dulles brothers and a few other figures within the Robert Baron setup. And basically... The entirety of their premise boiled down to the fact that Britain wanted control of that land of Palestine for their own strategic purposes. Working through these capitalists, these robber barons, top of it they began to fund movements to wipe out the Jewish people so that this did not come to pass. And they were not aware of what Philby was doing behind the scenes in many of these sectors. As he was bringing the House of Saad and Kikwan into allegiance with the Nazis, Dulles was involved through the United States. We had a wheeling and dealing going on in the background where the president was not aware of what was happening. Every time they would try to do an investigation, things got locked out, then they were getting bribed and threatened through blackmail about the oil interest and if you don't support this we're going to put you in a vice grip of our own had the same thing happen with the next president they kept pulling the stunt now I believe it's in as all these things are happening I believe it was in 1927 that things started happening with Britain and the land of as it was referred to then as Palestine I believe it was 1929 they came along with, I believe it was a white paper, and they said, no more. We're not standing behind this Balfour Declaration any longer. And we had elements that were funneling money into Nazi Germany, not to mention on top of it the House of Saad and the Muslim Brotherhood were all working in tandem with one another. And Full-blown reality here, folks. This is not make-believe. Literally, you can call these people Arab Nazis because that's what they were. And that pattern is one of the most important aspects into understanding every little thing we continue to see build all the way through here. This is why Qatar doesn't make any sense. There's a game being played here, folks. And if you don't know your history, you're not going to understand what kind of vice grip they are attempting to throw everybody into. Because America has been using the Muslim Brotherhood for a very long time. For instance, joining in with the Mujahideen in Afghanistan. Brings about the 1979 war again. What else was in 1979? We had Amar Sadat and we had Begin signed in the agreement in Israel. 
for Israel to bring about peace between Egypt and Israel. We also had the Iranian Revolution also happen in that exact same window. Now, why is that year 1979 important? Well, everybody, that is 2,300 years from the death of Alexander the Great. And you have all these intersecting, majorly important details happening. Now, I touched on some details last week concerning Henry Kissinger, but I think I forgot in the midst of trying to explain all of this, probably one of the most important factors into understanding why it was that Kissinger did what he did concerning the Yom Kippur War. First and foremost, everybody, he's, everybody talks about his infamous New World Order plan. But the gist of this was to keep fractures, to keep the entire Arabic world fractured in an absolute chaos to bring about this one world rule that has nothing to do with the whole world being linked. This has everything to do with America having a complete hegemony over the entire world. And to do this, they have to keep these divides and fractures and fighting going on in the Islamic world. Hence, why all of a sudden, the Sunni and the Shia split was perfect for bringing in another divide. And again, 1979, everybody. Matthew and I had a very interesting discussion earlier in the week, and we had a suspicion. Because you watch uh, many interviews with Henry Kissinger, you're going to notice some things about him. Okay, for one, it's, it's in broad daylight that he's a Jew. And yeah, I think there's more to it than that. But he's definitely indeed a Jew. But he's also got that very deep German accent which keeps increasing and increasing and increasing. Why? Matthew and I began to wonder about something. Is there a possibility that he was somehow aligned with the folks that brought over the Nazi war criminals? So I started looking into his history, looked at some documentaries, his story you began to realize that he, while in America, he went over at the time that they were storming through Germany and to Austria and to Hungary and to all those places starting to round up these varied scientists and different Nazi war criminals. He's sitting right there in the midst. He's with the same group. I'm looking at this after me and Matthew had wondered if he was on one side or the other of this. Is it possible that he was part of this operation, which I guess the Operation Paperclip is what we know it as. Was he part of this? This gets unbelievable, folks, because he was. And look... Kissinger was recruited as a professional spy for Dulles shortly after the end of the war in Europe. Although there's no evidence that he personally recruited Nazis, Kissinger ran the intelligence file rooms where the records of Nazi recruitment were kept. He then transferred to Harvard, where he specialized in recruiting foreign students for espionage. 
Later, he worked for Dulles during the Days of Glory. Okay, this is the name of that group, the OPC folks. The Office of Policy Coordination was hired as a consultant for a private group known as Operations Research Office, which planned to use former Nazis as agents behind Russian lines in the event of World War III. Okay, everybody. What is going on here? Because this information that I just read to everybody here, this is not something you can ignore. This is not from a conspiracy theorist. This is from a man that was working inside the Justice Department at the time of Carter, and he was told emphatically, you need to get to the bottom of why in the heck all these Nazis are in here in this nation and why they're not being prosecuted. The more he began to work on this, because at first he's like, Nazi hunting, this doesn't make any kind of sense. It's been this many years, and then all of a sudden he stumbled into the reality, hidden in a major bunker. He stumbled onto the one piece of evidence that opened the entire doorway. All right, folks, when you have stuff from a source like this, you can't overlook this. This is from the mouths of somebody that was working high up within the government in this investigation. We are no longer dealing with conspiracy theorists. We're dealing with a very nasty reality in front of our eyes. That's why this gets important once again to understanding what's happening here in Qatar, what's happening here in Saudi Arabia, what's happening here in the Ukraine, in Russia. It's these same elements, everybody. It's the same elements working all the way across the board. And we had people for capitalist gains that were doing all these things. People now that have so much money, money doesn't even matter. I mean, money's a joke to them. So what is this ultimately about? You're dealing with power. For those of you living here in America, look at what they're doing to us as we speak. I mean, for Pete's sakes, I can't comprehend in my mind, I have not been able to comprehend any of what I just saw happen here in this last election cycle. And I think this more or less was more instrumental in me trying to understand everything that was happening here, because this really ripped my heart into a thousand pieces as I watched this guy, as I watched these people aligned with this new administration that were clearly bringing forth hateful rhetoric, euthanasia. Uh, uh, comments about Adolf Hitler being a good leader. Statements that the only book that was ever read by the current president was Mein Kampf. White supremacists. Hatred coming out on a continual basis. Everybody, did we not forget that a lot of us here? Okay, I was born in the 70s. Okay, the movements for civil rights had already made massive ground. Okay, I grew up in a time where it didn't matter what somebody believed, what their sexual orientation was, what color their skin was, what nationality. None of this stuff mattered, which it shouldn't, especially when you're a Christian. And yet this 
somehow happens. How would I put this on our watch? Making matters worse, though, they embroiled the neocon crusader Nicolaitan element that's calling themselves a church, rallying behind them. We have this occultist branch of this ridiculous mystical doctrine that's brought in in the 1800s, plagiarized by Kenneth Hagin and taken even further. On top of it are the people supporting this, but let us not forget who James Dobson is. Folks, do you understand the kingmaker James Dobson, how he ultimately was brought to that position of power? It was Eric Prince's father that did this. Now we have that Prince family. Once again, this capitalist major bigwig. How much of this, though, is the big point into understanding what's been done in our governing body? This intentional divide to keep everybody on top of it confused and bickering back and forth and back and forth. What I currently see when I see this happening with people trying to have discourse, they're just running into walls. They don't understand that if they don't look backwards, that if they don't understand the complexities, especially going into by the time the Greeks came along, the Romans came along, so on and so forth, there was a lot of meticulous records kept. And they try to go into this modern discourse only looking at what's right in front of them. Problem was is they didn't realize that this has happened before. The same things we're seeing now happen during World War I in the United States. The same kind of rhetoric, isolationism, the whole nine yards, ten yards, twelve yards, however many yards you want to go with this. The time World War II wrapped around as we had stayed in that same isolation move. We had the Depression. Before that, this brought in the populism. Then we had the nationalism flare up with it, rolling everything full throttle ahead to the showdown of World War II. But we had this same rhetoric we're seeing right now from this current administration was happening then as well. We had at least a minority within those uh, communities during the time of World War II that were blatantly anti-Semitic. And again, we see the same thing rising throughout the world. It just keeps going in these same circles, folks. Same patterns over and over and over again. The Balkans this week is literally insane. We just had on the 21st here, we had a resolution, an executive order put in place as far as the uh, emergency policy in the Balkans. And at the heart of it was Macedonia. I was not aware that this executive order was put out. Folks, that ought to grab everybody's attention real quick. Because they're stirring the pot in the Balkans something fierce. And it is literally at that same fracture point, start of World War One. And you know, I don't I, I don't know how many people have considered this factor. I mean, we literally had Austria Hungary was the initiating factor behind World War One. You know, they put these demands down just like they've done here in Qatar. 
they came in and just started all of a sudden dropping cannon shells into Serbia in the middle of the night. And then, lo and behold, over in Germany, they're going, uh, yeah, I thought you guys were going to tell us when you did this. We had Wilhelm Kaiser II, I believe, was his name. We're sitting there going, uh, what just happened? Oh, great. Well, Russia's over there with their rather uh, odd leader that is a little bit new to the show. He's trying to mobilize his troops. Wilhelm's going, oh, boy. Well, we better use our little Schliemann scheme and try to take down France before we leap on Russia. They had quite a bit of success with what they did there with France. That's for darn sure. Turn around and move down Russia. But the thing is, everybody, Germany took the brunt. It was Austria-Hungary that started it. But everybody, folks, have we forgotten where Adolf Hitler came from? It was also Austria-Hungary. He literally came in via coup, two different coup attempts, and he took over. He took over Germany. We've always had this mindset of looking at Germany. I think due to that fact, we've taken our eyes off of the major flashpoint, and Austrian Hungary is literally off the charts right now in the news. On top of it, this divide in Iran. Cover that real fast. I warned about this uh, MEK group. Well, they're having their massive rallies in Paris. Multiple Western-backed politicians from the United States are in there. Mostly Republicans, one Democrat. We had one of the uh, Prince Turkey, which is once again House of Saad, also backing this group. Everybody, you might want to take note of something. During the Iranian Revolution, this uh, MEK group, who's also known as the Mujahideen. During the Iranian Revolution, they came in out of Iraq and basically started firing on people, brought in weapons themselves, and started bringing about the slaughter that was happening there in Iran. In that blog I did this week, there's a nice little video I miraculously and out of just blind luck stumbled into because it was recommended when I pulled up YouTube. And it's a little uh, little documentary called Inside Story, The Road to Terror from Adam Curtis in 1989. And I have really grown to like Adam Curtis's videos. They, they really make you think. Folks, you need to watch this because it's like I point out in this the West, once again, was behind this overthrow that brought in the Ayatollah Khomeini. So that same idea that Kissinger brought up, we have to keep them divided. We have to keep the Arabic world balkanized, was his terminology. So this was a twofold factor. Okay, they were losing control of the oil base there. We had, during the Shah, we had a bunch of people rise up and run in there to, once again, try to bring the oil fields under their control. But at the same time, Britain also had a renewal thing up for, what do you call that? The contract was coming to its end, and that Shaw refused to sign it. You watch this inside story, The Road to Terror, you're going to realize that 
Western nations did this again. Not to even mention, when you look at what happened there with Netanyahu coming into power, with the assassination of Yitzhak Rabin, once again, that was a fracture point that was used. There was already, obviously, you know, stirrings within Israel, within a different, the new variant of the Zionism that was starting to come to the forefront, and there was a lot of anger already brewing. There was movements where they were essentially, people were going out and just automatically settling in these areas in the West Bank. That fracture, that divide, Netanyahu came in and just was able to completely grab a hold of. That brought about, and you can see it in broad daylight, folks, within the other one I did on Jeremiah 32, but if you just watch the entire front line, peace on Netanyahu, things start to stand out. Like, for instance, he's standing there with Ronald Reagan in his younger days. It makes me ask a lot of questions I don't like asking, but you can see the writing on the wall in broad daylight. How much did the West have to do with Netanyahu coming to power in Israel? It's almost as if we see another pattern of the same repetitions we've always seen. When you have these flare-ups within the people, this is something that can be manipulated. We're seeing it happen all over the world. This is crazy, everybody. It's getting to the point. Everything's about to fracture in every direction. And it's been set so perfectly in place by the harlot, Babylon, a.k.a. the New World. They have purposely and intentionally set all these fracture points as they sit back and just sort of watch it all implode upon itself. You see, now they've hit China, China, Russia, all those areas with sanctions. Shanghai Cooperation Organization makes things a little more difficult with what's going on with Iran and Pakistan and India and the whole lot. Oh, boy. I said a lot there. Didn't even go in directions I wanted to, but I'm going to hand over for the last bit of overdrive here, folks. All right, Clinton, uh, your your closing comments, anything you wanted to add about, uh, you know, when I talked about it, what Brian talked about, we've got, uh, oh, it looks like we got 14 minutes in overdrive, maybe 13. So, uh, and before you, you close out, Clint, uh, give your websites and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I wanted to add on to what, what Brian was talking about with, with Germany, um, because, I mean, it's, it's very interesting kind of the futuristic kind of developments of Germany. And what I mean by that is, is we know that uh, the EU has been supported financially by Germany and France. Uh, They're the only two pretty much solvent countries within the EU. All the other ones are broke. Uh, France has been in a state of martial law, which leaves by default Germany as kind of the head of the EU. Um, Now the EU wanted to create uh, a, uh, European army and everyone was in support of it except for one member. And that one member was the UK. Well, now because of Brexit, well, that one member is no longer there and um, the vote actually took 10 minutes to incorporate a European army. Uh, so that's already in place. It's already moving in that direction. And there's even contemplation that they're going to move the European army into Iraq to work as a support agent for U.S. troops in Iraq um, as like our security 
force in a way. So the rise of Germany is is happening as well. And if the the whole Operation Paperclip is is true, uh, to where you know history tells us the scientists were moved to the United States and Russia after the fall of, of the Germany after World War II, then there is a strong possibility that there is still German ties within those countries. Um, and with the current G20 meeting that's happening next week, where the pivotal point between Trump and Putin actually meeting is being held in Germany as well. So, so we can see that building. Um, one other aspect is, and, and this never made sense until just now, but um, we're told from scripture that there'll be war in heaven as well. Um, well, an article from the independent, I'm just going to read the, the title. It just says the U S is planning to create the space Corps as sixth branch of the armed forces. It goes on saying the house armed security committee has voted to create a U.S. space Corps, which would become a new branch of the armed forces and incorporates the current space missions of the U S air force. Um, <laughs> the, the U S Space Corps, go, if it goes ahead, it would be the first new military service in the country since 1947. So we, we had the development of possibility of war in space that's on the horizon as well. Um, you know, everyone, we, you know, as always, please uh, check out, um, you know, our Twitter accounts. Um, mine has uh, pretty much every article that we talk about on the show. Uh, so it's, you know, just Clinton Co-Watch. You can also check out my website, clintoncowatch.com, um, and uh, The Diligent Watchman, which is found on Podbean, uh, which is the, the podcast that was referenced before as well. Um, so thank you again for everyone for listening, and thank you for your support, and I'll hand it back over to Matthew. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you can uh, find Brian. Uh, just search overattentionshow.com. He's also on Twitter. Uh, you can get me just about anywhere. Just search in time for you and you'll, you'll find me. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to push you one more time. Don't take what we've covered here as entertainment. Try to internalize what we have said. Take an inventory of your actions and the feelings of your heart. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. Godspeed.